Hi there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the show. Um, for those that are just joining us for the first time, it's really nice to have you here. We hope you stay for a very, very long time, and that will be pretty, pretty good. Today, uh, along the conversation on singlehood and singleness, I have a very important and special friend and guest of mine. So the first episode in this series, we talked to Akiola Kinao, who's a single man, and we talked about his experience you know, um, dealing with singlehood, what his perceptions were about, you know, single women and all that kind of fancy stuff. Now, along that conversation, I remember this is a four-part series. So whatever you're listening to, this is number two. There's one more before this and there'll be two more after this. So go catch up on that if it's appropriate as far as the timing. Because right now, at this part, of, at this stage of this recording, we are talking about the part two of this conversation with me here today on this in the studio to do justice to the other part of the conversation from a female's perspective is my dear friend and sister Mojirade Felicia Adelongwe Bebo. She describes herself as a lover of God with a unique and special personality. She hails from Elisha, which is a state, a city in this, one of the southwestern states in Nigeria called Oshun State. She's the first of a family of nine. Wow. Your parents really love each other. Um, she studied hotel and catering management at, you know, Yaba College of Technology in Yaba. She is the CEO of Giradi Diadem. For those that know me and, you know, I have been listening to this show for a while, I talk about my love for plantain chips. Even though right now I have my braces on and I'm not supposed to be eating plantains. Giradi's plantain chips, they give me life, literally. They are so good. Um, I don't use crack or cocaine, but this is like, you know, akin to my, you know, addiction because they're really, really good. There's a way she does them. So if you're ever in Nigeria or you know someone coming from, you know, Nigeria to the U.S. or wherever part of the world, make sure you lay your paws on Girardi's, um, um plantain chips. She also does other indigenous dry snacks like chinchin. I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of chinchin, but has a really good. And I've had, you know, really good feedback from my friends that I bought them from. She also trains um people like, entrepreneurs as well to develop their skills she she's passionate about family life she also describes herself as yeah, disciplined and friendly in her spare time she loves to travel she loves to sing and she can sing she likes drumming and dancing to you know um songs now uh, one thing about her is that she loves take, taking pictures she would dress herself up and she has a very you know huge love for for pictures now that said let's please join me welcoming her to the podcast today hello Girardi. <laughs> well, good evening. I know people listen to you cannot see you, 
Um, but you look wonderful today, and yeah. I really want to thank you for your time on the thank show. You. Now, now let's just let's just get right into it because you know we came here for a purpose, right? Talk about singlehood. Now, I know I've known you for I'll say about ten years now, if not a little bit longer, and um, and I I don't I feel like. You know, the more I know you, the more I get to know more about you. And I guess you can even say the same as yeah. me as well. But I can imagine that it's really been... Because uh, I know we've talked about it, so I'm liberty to, I'm liberty yeah. to say this. I can imagine that it's, been, it's really been a stressful phase for you not being married at this particular point in your life. So I'd like to know how you're feeling and how you're handling this session. Are you doing okay today? Yes. Hello, Mom. Again, and thanks for having me. A great honor and grateful. All right, uh, been a single lady for almost 40 years. Mm. It's not funny, it's not my moy. <laughs> but sincerely, God has been my strength, God has been helping me, and I'm pretty fine. I'm very well. There was a time I wasn't fine, I think that was 20, 14, 15, thereabouts when I was 35, thereabouts. I wasn't fine, but I'm glad to let you know tonight, today, that I am very well, and I'm managing it well by the grace of God. Okay, how am I handling this season of my life? I I made a choice to be joyous, to be joyful. You know, one thing I like to remind myself is that one day, sooner than expected, I'll be married. As in, God will say to me in my own home. It's something I desire, desire to be married. I love to be married, you know, and I know very soon I will be married. So I told myself not to deprive myself of the joy of singlehood. I planned to get married at the age of 25, but it didn't work, you know, it didn't work for me at 25, but I knew very soon I would have to be married. So I'm managing it by being thankful to God. I always you know, look for ways of giving things to God. Sometimes it may not even make sense. I look for, even in the midst of pain, in the midst of you know loneliness, I cultivate the habit of giving things to God. I look for what thing to thank God for. To be very sincere, there were some years ago, I couldn't find anything to be thankful for. So I would just hold on to life. Okay, Lord, I thank you for life. When there is life, there is hope, you know, and uh, I love to celebrate. I love to rejoice. I can make a big deal of something little. I believe God, 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 God has given me the privilege of life, and my joy must not be stolen from me. My joy must be intact. Nothing should take away my joy. Nothing should take away my praises unto my Maker. For Him to keep me alive today. I know it's for a purpose, and the purpose will be achieved. Am I, I also like to talk to myself a lot. As in, I remember far back then, in Abelkuta, I think after secondary school, thereabouts, I was trying to gain admission. I would dress up, get a table and chair, sit down. I would tell myself I'm having a meeting with my God. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, four of us. With me, you know, I will talk, I will express myself. So I talk to myself a lot, I challenge myself a lot, I question myself a lot, and uh, I'm learning daily to bring out the best for myself. I see this period 
as a privilege. You know, I could have seen it as, ah, God, why? At almost 42, am I single? You know, but I chose to bring the best out of this season because I know it won't last forever. So I see it as a privilege to bring out the best of myself. You know, I'm learning and unlearning so many things. I'm taking time to know more about myself and to work on myself. I'm taking time to, to bring out the best of myself as an individual, as a child of God, as a wife-to-be and a mother-to-be. I've been privileged to stay with many families in the past, you know, before now. And I've seen our family life run. I've seen that uh, being married is not, is not, is not a funny task. It's not as easy as it is work on its own. You know, more than the romantic aspect, uh, being married is a responsibility. You know, so that one must prepare for. When you want to write an exam, you read, you prepare very well. You know, you pray, I'm a Christian, I pray, I read. I will not say, okay, because I've prayed, I will not read. I will read and I will still pray. So, this all with marriage, I must, as I'm praying, I must prepare. It's not a magic. And I believe one thing that what I don't have, I cannot give. So, I'm unlearning my bad behaviors. <laughs> my weaknesses, procrastination. Sometimes I can be so wrong. I rush out, you know. Now I tell myself, like a friend always tell me, to, to, to rule the world, to rule the world, start from laying your bed. <laughs> so no matter how I'm rushing down to the office, I must, you know, lay my bed. I'm trying to, you know, cultivate the habit I want to hand over to my children. I don't want my children to, <laughs> you know, so I see my family already. I pray for my husband. I'm manning this period by, by investing into myself, into my husband, into my children. You know, I have their names already. I pray for them. I speak to them and I rejoice over them. Before, I think my early 20s, I, I used to feel um, until I married, before my job before, uh, I was wrong. I, I Now I know that what you don't have, you can't give. If you are not a happy person, marriage cannot make you happy. If you are not a joyous person, marriage cannot make you joyful. You know, so be the best of myself. I'm learning to be the best of myself. I'm learning to, to bring out the best, every, everything good I can bring out of this season. And I'm investing in my family. I go, now that I see I have control of my time, I can wake up and say, okay, I'm going to have a today to visit my parents. And I'm going to visit my nieces and nephews. You know, I have the freedom now, you know. So I'm making the best of this period. And I'm enjoying myself while I pray. And I trust God for a happy home. Thank you for answering your question. <sighs> wow, that was you know comprehensively done. I want to say thank you. There were so many points that I brought out from your statement that I think we should just reemphasize because I think it's of you know great import. The first one was when you talked about the choice to be joyous. You know, you have to choose joy. And I think above and beyond the yearning to be married is something we all need to learn, irrespective of our situation in life. You know, you have to choose joy. Many things will come at you during your lifetime that it makes it almost, you know, hard to like choose joy, but you have to make that conscious effort to choose joy. 
And that reminds me of the fact that you have control over so many things. Now, you don't have control about what happens to you, but your perceptions and your outlook of those issues, you do have control over. And I like how you said, I don't want to deprive myself, deprive myself of the joy of singlehood. I know people look at single people as, oh, you know, reject or you didn't get it in time and they, they want to just look at your existence as sad, you know, a bunch of sad people. But I don't, I, I, I totally disagree with that school of thoughts. There's so much joy to be seen in whatever situation you're in life. And let me just draw parallels to my own situation. Now, I have been married for 10 years, but I don't have kids yet. It's been quite difficult to naturally conceive. And we've done so many things to have that work. It hasn't worked yet. And when I think about just what you said about choosing joy, I came to that point in my life that I had let shame to hold me back because I wasn't, I didn't have what I needed. So I let shame hold me back. But the moment I realized that I can be happy, I can find things that can make me happy. I can determine, you know, my own environment. My life really, really changed. And it also inspired the beginning of this podcast to help give people an opportunity to set their own stories free. And while, you know, the, the journey towards motherhood is still a process in the making for me, so you saying I don't want to deprive myself of the joy of singlehood. I, you know, very much agree with that statement because for me, I mean, for people like me, there's so much joy to, you know, waiting as well. Now there are some sad parts of it. Don't get me wrong. But think about the things that you have right now. For many people with kids, they don't even have the opportunity to do so many things. You find out what are the things you are enjoying that I love your friends with kids to enjoy. Because the grass always seems greener until you now cross the other side of that place. You realize, mm, that's not grass. It's pyrogyria water, you know, something even, you know, more murkier than that. So always, there's always joy to be, you know, to be, to be had. And the, another thing you also said that I think you reminded me of Akin's sentence about working on yourself. You know, you said now you're learning, you're learning, you know, you're working on yourself, you're doing all the things you're supposed to do. You want to get to that point where you, you're fixing all of your bad habits so that by the time you find, you're being found for that by that person, they meet you as somebody that, you know, has done so much work. Now that um, particular saying about make your bed first, like if you want to change the world, make yourself, um, start off by making up, by making your bed. That was actually by um, Admiral McRaven. And I should let you know that he, I was actually in person during the 2014 com- com- commencement speech that he gave. He said that to my, um, my cohort in 2014, University of Texas at Austin, who came hunt. And I was in the crowd at that, because that was when I got my master's degree, you know, seven years ago. And he, that was his speech to us. So it's a, I feel like I'm part of history because his YouTube speech, that speech made it on YouTube, but it's one of the most, you know, listened to speeches. I think it's, it's had like millions of views. So just went to do a little bit of name dropping that I was there when he said that. <laughs> and I think he made a book about it, you know, <laughs> make your bed. <laughs> now, the next question I'd like to ask you this, um, is, uh, what are some of the issues you would you say that have put you off some potential suitors you've had in the past? Why didn't this man do right? <laughs> What have they, have they not gotten right? Okay, I think number one, uh, I used to have issue with age. I didn't like to get married to someone I'm older than you. Know. I've had people that liked me then and that I liked, but I was a year older. That was still a big deal for me. It's no more a big deal <laughs> now. But of course, I desire to get married to someone that is older than me. When I've had some that I felt 
they were not spiritual I know. <laughs> and they, they didn't love God like I do. And I feel, I felt that even I still feel, if they're not on the same page on that, it would be a big deal. You know, because when you're there, let's worship. I just say, you know, it's one flow. I, I, like I said, I'm a lover of God. I love to sing. I love to go to church. I love to, you know, do. I'm passionate about things of God. So I desire to get married to someone like that, someone passionate about things of God. Then I've met some that desire, that requested for sex before marriage. I, it's a, for me, it's a no no. Sex is after marriage. Also, I've met uh, one or two that were not confident of themselves. Ah, there are some things I've worked on on myself. I used to be very shy. Now I can, I can manage a shy guy, a, a shy man. No, I can't tolerate a, a man that is not strong, that is too, you know, weak. Mm -mm. You know. When you are when you are firm when you, when you know who you are the man that does not know who you as in can't work for me. So I guess those are some of the things that they were wrong that, that I did, and there were some that I didn't. Even, I just felt oh, this one is not serious. I didn't really take it seriously. It could have worked as in there, there were some relationships that have worked out. But I guess I didn't really I didn't really put that to mind. I didn't really take it seriously. Thank you. Thank you for being, you know, very candid about your response. And in hearing you talk, I'd like to follow up your response with this question. And please note that they do not necessarily represent my views. In talking to a lot of people, especially on the other side of the conversation, and this is it. So there's this saying about like when girls were we are groomed, you know, we watch a lot of fairy tale movies. We all have this idea of what our men should be like growing up. Like in our twenties, we are full of these, you know, ideas, lofty ideas, unrealistic, you know, um, checklist about what our man should be like. Tall, dark, handsome, you know, loves Jesus, can fight on your behalf, but is tender as a kitty cat. And then, but then when you grow older, and the older you get, you realize that. <laughs> I've just been playing and whiling away time. That is not real. Let me just adjust my list right here. Would you say that, you know, um, women are picky? And would you say that there were instances where you were picky? And looking back right now, you thought you, like, you could have done something differently? No, I wasn't, I wasn't picky. I wasn't picky. You know, but uh, there was some standard that I can't, I can't compromise on. So, of course, I've had, I like it all. <laughs> I like it all. <laughs> I've had some that maybe my, my, my height, some of these shit okay. But that was not the basis, I'm telling you. Know, with that age, I could say, okay, I was speaking then. But those guys, I mean, there were two of them, just a year older than me. I could time that, that maybe picky, but I was still very young then, in my early 20s. So, but, uh, for other things, I wasn't picking. It's a standard, you know, that I, I can't just, I can't do away with, I can't compromise. Take for instance, sex before marriage, it's a no-no. Even if you have every other thing and you demand for that, I won't give in to that. As in that now, 
Now I'm not forty two. No, no, no. <laughs> you know. And there are some other standards. There, there are some other values. You know, there are some things you can't change in men. You can't change a man. You, know, you can't change a man. And when they are formed, when we are forming in a certain way, it takes a lot to 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 change. But there are some things that can be changed. There are some things that are, that are not so important. Like okay, if you, I like when it's a, a man speak good English. Ah no, see when you're a lover of God, you now speak good English, and you are caring and loving. Oh, <laughs> it takes me a lot <laughs> to pray that God. Okay, let me know what you're saying. I like, but you know that can still be worked upon. You understand? Like I'm actually I'm learning. I'm working on my speaking English. I want to speak well. You know, when I speak, you love my speaking English. You know, that's it. But when you talk of loving Jesus, number one for me, when you are intelligent, when uh, you are confident, you know your identity. Because we can't be, if we don't know who you are, if I don't know who I am, I will come together. Ah. Uh, at this stage, it's can't really, you know. So those are <laughs> those are important for me. Loving Jesus, knowing who you are, working in yourself. And I'm not a traditional person. I don't so much believe in traditions. You know, I can. <laughs> there are some men that they believe it's a woman that must cook. You know, there are some things that our mother has done in the vegan. You know, I can't. I don't really roll with that personally. What I'm trying to say is that there are some values that I cannot compromise on and there's some things that can still be worked upon. So when you say, I, I, I can say I'm not picky, but I have some standards that I can't let down, some values that, you know, that are very important to me. Um, thank you for answering that. And... I, I mean, I agree with you. You should have some values that because when you marry somebody, you bring them into the, you know, space that you are in. It's very important for you to define your values and to ask, you know, are you almost like you you find the way I see it, like you're in a car driving, and you look to your left or your right, whatever the position might be, you somebody else driving, and you find yourself on that same road, and you're like, wait, are we? going to the same destination ah okay we have similar values that's why i think of you know dating you know to get to the point of marriage there has to be something that brings you guys together and of course there's some things that you cannot change like your faith that's very important to you that should not be compromisable but other things like you said like you know having a good command of english language or other areas that can be worked on i think you know those are things that you know um that, that are important about it. And you know that these are things that are not necessarily essential. So I think the um, story, the lesson here is that, ladies, it's good to have your list, but make sure that you are, you know, being realistic, right? And along that line, a question would be, what's your thoughts on this? I read it that we, women are so quick to, like, judge a man and say, oh, he must make six figures, he must be tall, dark and handsome. But then we don't bring a lot of things to the table above and beyond just being a pretty face, would you say that women should also be ready to be sure that whatever they're asking of a man, they are able to at least do their own work to make sure that they're bringing something substantial, equally substantial to the table. Now, men will be judged on different criteria than women. That's just, that's, that can be helped, right? A man will be judged by his ability to provide. 
and ability to at least show love. But for a woman, is you, nobody's looking at you as a provider. Some women end up being provider, but that's not like you know usual course of business. But what's your thought on that? About you know, women should bring something as substantial to the table when they're asking all of these lofty goals from men. Yes, I believe a woman should bring something, as in women should bring something great to the table too. And those are the things I personally told myself. You know, I had a list and I asked myself one day, would you rather want this kind of man? Are you all this yourself? No. Like I mentioned earlier, I like to, to talk to myself. I like to tell myself the truth, some truth and also sweet <laughs> But I like to be sincere with myself because if I'm not sincere with myself, I'm just deceiving myself. So I brought out the list and I, I, you know, I just went through the list like, wow, you are selfish. So you want all this in a man. How many of this can you take? You know, yourself. And I began to work on myself. I began to, you know, feel something on learn some things, work on some things. And I believe a woman can bring something substantial to the table. That's one of the major things I'm learning and I've learned and I'm still learning being a single woman. You know, years past, I've had people told me I was staying with a family friend and I grew past that particular apartment and I knew it was time for me to leave. But people would tell me, the next place is your husband's house, so uh, don't go and waste any money renting any apartment. So, you know, from here to your husband's house. From here to your husband's house. And only I just woke up and said, I can't jump on a man on the street to come and marry me, but I can determine where I want to live. These people have tried, as in those, uh, they, they are couples, you know, my auntie and an uncle. They tried, I think I spent like seven years in there, and that was, as I didn't plan to stay that long. They are really okay for maybe two, three years. That was what I had in mind. These people have tried. I want to leave and I determined, I was determined, you know, and I and I left. So if I, I wanted to listen to what people were saying, I know from here to your husband's house, this, that, this, that, still be there, you know. But I I believe in working and bringing the best. Because I don't depend on anyone. We've been brought up God bless my parents. The way we were brought up, we were, we were brought up to you know to be great, to be to be independent, not to be dependent on people. So I believe as a woman, I must bring something tangible to the table. Also, I should not depend on my husband to be great. Two great people will work together well. You know so. Uh, it, it's wrong for me to feel okay until I'm married. I can't do something great or I can't be the best of myself. No. Even as a single lady, I can do something great. Sincerely, there were times in this business because I run a catering business and I'll be so tired and ah, when I see some of my friends that their husbands are helping them in their businesses. Oh, I wish I'm married to that. It's been so overwhelming. I'll be so I will encourage myself in the Lord again. I'll go back to the source that's my God and encourage myself and pick up again and speak to myself. There's a way when I speak the word of life to myself, the word of God, there's a way it strengthens me. There's a way, you know, it energizes me. 
So I, I do that you know, a lot and get up on my feet again, not to be depressed, not to give up and be the best. And all those flimsy excuses I'm giving here and there, do away with them and focus on my goals and objectives. So I believe as a single woman, I can be great. Getting married to a great man, so of us will do well as great set of people. Thank you for that. I, I mean, what you said is in line with what Atkins said last, you know, um, on the first episode, which is about wholeness, and we made that clarification. So I think what you you use greatness, but I think uh, it's also similar to what he said about wholeness, and it's that concept of keep working on yourself, you know, female, male, because you want whenever you meet that other person, you want to have done some work, and then together you guys could even you know do more exponentially great things. Thank you for that. Um, now, the next question I'd like to ask you is this, Chirade. I, I, I mean, you've shared some of the stories, you've, you've, some of the things that have happened to you regarding, you know, being single. And I know one of them, I think we can even touch on today is you have so a family of nine. Now, nine, do you mean like nine kids or seven kids and mom and dad? <sighs> Still, you know, your parents, my goodness, like, yeah, that was a lot of love going around. Now, um, <laughs> Now, um, <laughs> you you have are, are they are your parents both of them still alive? Okay, thank God for that. Yes. Mommy and daddy, you know, curly, <laughs> daddy. So I know you have younger siblings. You're number four of nine, right? Of seven kids. Now you're smack yes. dab in the middle. There's already that middle child phenomenon, which we're not even going to delve into. Even it might play a huge role in so many things that happened. But given that you've had, and out of your youngest siblings, how many of them have married, gotten married? So, so I just have been to two of those weddings, not even counting your your older ones. So for those that might not really have this context, in our culture, it's customary for, well, the usual order of things like they would say is that the older people should get married first, your siblings should, older siblings should get married first. And it's usually like a thing of tradition being broken when younger people get married before their, you know, older siblings. Now, given that you've had younger siblings and even friends, I like to imagine, who have gotten married, the pressure must have been overwhelming. And I know you particularly told me about a time during one of the younger siblings' wedding where you were not even having a good time at all. And I'd like to remind that you have some of these extended family members who might be giving you side eyes, sending you WhatsApp prayer points and, you know, you know, links to like pray and all that and confess all of your unconfessed sins. Can you tell us about that particular incident? And also, what have you been doing to navigate this process from, you know, um, the family angle being like that? Okay, number one, I didn't go to where we could stop any longer. I don't go to where family and friends will be asking me, why are you not married? What does that mean? Are you picky? Are you this? Are you that? That's one. In fact, there was a time I had to tell my dad, he was so worried and he started comparing, are you younger ones are married? What is happening? I said, Baba, we call my dad Baba. Baba, you don't want me to come visiting again, right? If you know you will keep disturbing me with our marriage, I will not come and visit you again. You know, I said, no, you didn't mean it that way, you know. Um, then for my younger one that got married, two of them got married for me. It was funny, two of them gained admission to an institution before me. And I could remember a day I just woke up that, look at you. Two of the younger ones got admission before you to an institution, and here you are. The second one is getting married soon. That was 2014, and I was like, wow. 
it was uh, so real and I was a bit agitated and I knew at that moment that I had two choices. It's either I, I pray and shift away from being envious and jealousy or I am just jealous of her. The truth of the matter was that I was actually uh, jealous of her at that time as in there was a kind of things going on in my heart and see yourself, see yourself, your younger sister too will get married before you, you know. So I prayed about it. Days after, the thoughts still came, the feelings still came. I couldn't give my best impression for that wedding ceremony and I didn't like it. The thought was there, that feeling was there. I didn't like it, but there was no how I could just handle it. So at the point, I just called her. I told her how I'm feeling. You know, I just broke it. So I, I, I told her straight away. And that was the end of it. That helped me to handle it. And you won't believe, after sharing my heart with her, after telling her how I was feeling, I could give my best. Of course, I was still praying about it. So to, to, to be joyous with her, it was her time. So I should rejoice with her and give my best as an elder sister to support her. You know, I, I guess it's going to be more because we're staying together. You know, I get, you know, that was maybe why it really got to me. After telling her, after sharing my heart with her, I felt a lot better and I could give my best, you know, to the wedding preparation and it went well. And recently I asked her that, what was going through her mind <laughs> when she was praying for her? Because sometimes she just me crying. And the truth of the matter was that I was crying because I was going to miss her. Because I had overcome that feeling of uh, jealousy or whatever, I, I've overcome that. But anytime I start packing, I think, ah, so you are leaving. <laughs> you know, and she will come, she will come for me, don't worry. Like, she even tried to, I, I was in a relationship that particular year, and she postponed her own wedding so that I could get married before her. You know, I appreciated that, I, I really gave that to her. But it didn't work out with my relationships and with my own relationship. So she had to go ahead and Left to her, she really wanted that. I but it didn't work out that way. So I, that was how I handled that. Actually, that was how I, I went about wow. it. And now the joy, the joy that flows out from me, cannot even make some people to ask me that, ah, why are you not married? Of course, some will say hard. Well, I try as much as possible to not to go to where you know I will, I will be. People will be disturbing me here and there about marriage and the stops. But I'm happy. I'm, I'm joyous. So you don't even have that, uh, you know, country to be asking me, okay, uh, this, that. <sighs> oh, wow. No, I mean, Jiraidi, uh, I must commend you for just your vulnerability that you just expressed. You mean you've been expressing that throughout this conversation, but I can't imagine how difficult that was must have at least to share, given that this is family and, you know, and these are issues that are, even though they're not, it doesn't sound to me like they're still, you know, there, but they were real at particular points. And so two things that I took out from you was one is understanding that I don't have to be where people will stress me out. You have to understand the triggers. Um, it's never where you can go to, and and it's it, it's quite sad, but it's just reality of things. And so, for those that are listening, if you are in in a place, if you go to a place where 
you shouldn't you, you should be celebrated but it's not every time people will celebrate you and that's okay but when people will antagonize you all in the name of caring about you and it's gonna you know affect your mental health then maybe you might consider not being part of that and i know it might be especially hard if it's family members if you're able to like vocalize and advocate for yourself all well and good but if you're not you can actually still do that by not showing up at certain spaces where you might be you know victimized and the second part will be you know having that kind con- conversation and i think that's where a lot of us fall short you know in in that we because when jealousy creeps in we just take it like it's a negative emotion. And then we double victimize ourselves by saying, why am I feeling this way? I must be a bad person. Not necessarily. You know, those feelings that well, well up, I see them as messengers. It's what you do with them that might make them good or bad. Right. So you talking to your sister and letting her know, you know what? I'm a little bit sad because, you know, you're getting married and all that. And on top of that, I'm sad to see you go. That must, that must have not been a very easy conversation. But I think it's something we need to do. And it reminded me of a time when I had a friend that I know she's been trying to get pregnant. And she finally did. She had a baby. I had to go see her in, in the hospital. And when I got there, you know, I was very happy for her because I knew it was something that she wanted for so long. And while we're even talking, some of her friends came in and they started talking about, oh, you know, trading labor stories about how many hours it went for the experience. And I realized that, huh, I'm in the wrong room. I don't even have anything to add to this conversation. So I politely excuse myself, tell her, I'll see you later. And I remember that walk down that, it was a big hospital and it was very lonely, very, very lonely. And I felt like, almost like a loser. When I say a loser, I knew she didn't mean that. So it wasn't intentionally done to harm me, but that was how I made it all about that, which, you know, can be another conversation to be had but i remember texting her or telling her afterwards that i might i don't think i want to be around you for a while and i hope you understand why because i need to work on just these friends that are coming up but you know that i'm very happy for you i um i love you and i am glad that you you know you have a bond culture right now but i can't just be around you now and she really understood that and i commend you know just I know that for by myself, I probably have come up with that statement. But then I think I was still in therapy, working through my grief and all that. And so for those that are listening, it's okay for you to have those feelings. Um, feelings are like messengers. I see them that way. But don't label yourself as a bad person for having them. Talk to the person that you need to, you're supposed to have that conversation with about why you're feeling that way. And they might even end up being the best person to really listen to you and advocate for you. Now, it's not all the time that you might have an ally in that person. But at least you said why you're feeling that way. So I think you reminded us, Jirade, I think that was really, really, you know, um, very helpful to remember that these feelings might well up and they come from a place of you wanting what you want. But then, you know, I'm glad that you're able to redeem all of that and you didn't let that affect the joy of celebrating your sister. Yes. Okay. Yes. I almost not too long and that kind of feeling is not a good place to be for long. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think it goes back to that point of you talking to yourself. You can, I can see that yeah, someone that really you've had, you've thrashed it out with yourself. So, and that truth, you can, if you tell yourself the truth, it will be very hard for you to be truthful about your emotions to other people. And I think a lot of us don't do that for so many reasons because we tend to avoid that. So, thank you for that reminder. Yes, don't dwell in that space. Set yourself free, people. Now, um, let's talk about society again. There's been a lot of stigma on single people. I know for a fact, because I know this has happened to a couple of my friends, it's hard for single people in Nigeria to have to rent homes. 
you have to lie that you're married. Yes. It happened to you. There you go. I'm, I'm going to add it to that list of my friends that it's happened to. And so for those I don't know, single people in Nigeria, they face a lot of discrimination. Especially single professional women in Nigeria having a difficult time renting apartments. As a matter of fact, many landlords and landladies refuse to you know, rent out their homes to married women because they assume they are either prostitutes or people that are not up to any good or people that will not end up paying. And they claim that, you know, uh, many of these might not have, these people might not have um, legitimate jobs. Even though there are things in the constitution that prohibit such action, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, um, they're not still, you know, being done at the time of this recording. And it's also sad that some people have to bring their fathers to serve as guarantors to get spaces rented out to them. Now, um, in, in our society, it's normal for people to ignore a woman's achievements and focus on her marital status instead. And I know you've told me about some instances where people don't overlook you because, you know, you're not married. How best can we as a society? And I say we because there's a societal part. There's also the church as an institution, which I don't want to go into that, you know, kind of worms. I think the church hasn't done a good job in harnessing the importance of singleness. The Tend to see them as a project that is to be preyed upon or a thorn in the flesh. Some churches do better than others, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done. How can we support single ladies, uh, single friends, and you know, all that? Mm-hmm. I give it to my church for that, actually. As in, <laughs> we are doing well, organizing so many programs to you know, equip us and to prepare us and get us better in our work, in our careers, and prepare us for. Family. All right, uh, I had to bring a male friend to, to stand in for me when I go to where I'm staying. And, you know, so I feel people think single ladies are not responsible. And for my own landlord, I think he had, he had an issue with a, one of the tenants that was single. So I couldn't even blame him. Even blame him for, for feeling that way at a particular time. So uh, it's it's not all singles that irresponsible. There are still many responsible single ladies. And society should respect single people. Because for someone like me, it's not so, it's not so what I planned. You know, I didn't plan to still be, to still be single at 42. Some people, maybe they wanted it, some people, I mean, but it's not something I planned for. And I know many people that are in my shoes that they didn't plan, but they are still single at this, at above 40 thereabouts. So we should be given our respect. We should not be deprived of things due to us. I can count many things that I've been deprived of because I'm still single. It can be so annoying. There were times I cried, thank God for good support system. My family, my siblings, you know, my friend. God has really blessed me with good people, which are one of them. <laughs> you know, and I don't take that for granted a lot. So poor people, so support system has really helped me. You know, we should not be deprived of what we are due for, because we are responsible too, and we are capable. We are we are complete people too, and and we are good. When I was thirty, I remember a lady making just of me that look at her waiting for a perfect man. I went to the hospital, I had some, and she was like, look at her, one of those ladies that would be waiting for perfect man, perfect men, you know, to look at her, see now, at that stage, she's still single, you know, that was not a nice, <laughs> you know, comment at all, and I didn't find it funny, but I cried on that day. But, 
thank God for Jesus. I always go back to my source. No matter how terrible, no matter how anything any situation can be, I go back to him. I express myself. I'm a very expressive person. I express myself to God. I I see myself is in front of me and I tell him, you know, I express myself to him and that helps me a lot. Even if I'm as as him say as maybe having feelings for for a non-believer, someone that is not in the same uh, faith with me and the God, you see now, I like that man as in I know it can work out, I can marry, but you know, I tell him so that I can receive help. I don't shy away to tell God something because whether I tell him or not, he knows. So why am I <laughs> you know, keeping a secret? So that helps me a lot. So I'm telling this society to to give us a respect, to give single people, because I'll be married very soon. <laughs> Respect and give us what is due to give the honor due to we should not be deprived of things you know due to to us. Wow! Thank wow. you. I, I don't even know what to say. You know, from having to bring somebody to stand in as a guarantor to be able to rent a place that you can afford. And vouch for me that I've known this lady for so long. She's a good person. And, and this is on top of the fact that in Nigeria, for you to rent a house, you have to pay two years in advance. Because most places, rent is not monthly. But this part of the world, like, rent is paid month to month. Most of the time, they want to see, like, your credit history. And we have formalized place, um, techniques in place, like your credit history, and then your pay stub from your work to show that you're able to, like, afford it. Usually, a third of your income is able to support your accommodation. But still, like, if you didn't have somebody that could that, that you could bring forward as a guarantor or somebody that, you know, your landlord or a land person might believe that, you know, they're credible enough to give you that guarantee, you will have missed out on that in opportunity. But I go, because it's not in all, all the cases that this kind of techniques work, but it's just a pity that you have to, like, resort to that. And then that friend, you know, speaking about you and saying, you know, you're being picky, just looking at you at face value and then judging you, not even knowing your experiences. Man, we got to do better, people. We got to just do better. Now, um, I know for some of my friends, even when I reached out to them, like, hey, you want to come on the podcast and talk about your experience? You're like, no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of talking about this. I don't even want to hear anything single. I don't want to go for any singles events in church anymore. I'm tired of hearing that word. I don't want to hear anything. Um, let, let's give something back to them, you know. How do you deal with these difficult lonely days? You know, I, I, let me just call it the way it is. Being in your 40s, there's so much outside there. And now that everybody's talking about, you know, freezing their eggs, or I'm just going to go to spend back and get a baby, you know, or I'm just going to, you know, have sex and pray for forgiveness later, or I'm just going to do this and that. And then there's so much temptation with the internet, you know, addiction to all kinds of stuff, you know, pornography, masturbation, just to name a few. How do you deal with, you know, difficult loneliness, especially when you're having sexual orgies and all that? Where do you draw your strength and joy from? I draw my strength from God and I express myself to him that I feel right now God help me. And uh, I, after expressing myself, I, I, I dance, I rejoice. Like I mentioned earlier, that I'm blessed with so many good people. I have some friends that we stay together. So... We have a lot to discuss. We are building it. We share with one another. 
she has trained her witnesses, they're working on our witnesses, you know, we share, we talk to one another. So I do a lot of talking to myself. I, I draw myself majorly from the board. I go back to his world and I remind him that, see, this is where sexual feeling is what you put in me. Sexual urge is something you have put in me. But it is the way I deal with it as a single lady that matters. This is why how I feel right now, you have to help me. You know, I talk to him. I I free myself from feeling guilty of it's a normal thing. You know, it's a, it's a good thing to, to feel, to have it. If you don't have it, that's an issue. So I talk to him to help me and I, I rely on him. So, and let me be sincere with you. Lately, I've been so busy. So to even start feeling uh, so much lonely. Now I'm, I'm telling myself that when the man comes, I must create time for him. That's the level I am now. You know, I think I've grown past that. Ah, and at the point, I was not even looking at taking it. If marriage comes, I, 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 I tell my, no, 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 no. I still desire marriage and don't put it aside. Don't shame me. Don't just put it aside. So now I'm so busy and it's a deliberate action to create, to create time. You know, to know the person, to, to be together as in, to during for courtship and, and relationship. So I don't even have that time to be doing this and you know. But in the past when I when, when those feelings come I, I go back to God, explain myself to me. I don't have put this kind of feeling yet on that this sexual today. I'm not denying the facts, you know, and I'm not a sinner for feeling that way. I tell him and he helps me. I dance. I make myself happy. I go to studio to take photographs. As in, I do things that I like to do. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Wow. Just thank you for that reminder. Drawing our strength from God. Because yes, you're right. Um, sexual urges, desires to be with somebody and all that. Those are healthy things to have. Don't make them dirty. Just take it back to God if you are being overwhelmed by that. Take it back to God and say, hey, you know, you can't give me this and then not give me a husband or a wife. Like, you got to help me here. Help me here. Give me grace. I need more grace. And there's always going to be grace. And this message is especially for Christians. If you're not a Christian, don't worry. We live by a different kind of rule. We're not, uh, we don't belong to ourselves. You know, we've been sold to Christ. That's our belief. So this message is not for you. So don't worry. We're not trying to preach, you know, force our religion down your throat or force our beliefs down your throat. But I believe that as Christians, there's so many grace you can get, um, the power and strength of, of Jesus. And thank you for that reminder. Now, finally, what life lesson would you say you will learn from being single? And I say this because, you know, um, you said something earlier about that. I would not deprive myself of the joy in my singleness. To me, that's one big life lesson right there. In that you've seen the good and the, the, the challenging part of it. And you acknowledge that, you know, acknowledge that it's not all that bad and it's not always, you know, good. But what are the, some of the life lessons you've learned from being single? I've learned to bring out the best of myself. I've learned to, uh, to know more about myself, about identity. Because when you don't know who you are, you can't give your best to another person. I've learned to be real to myself. I've learned to be sincere. I've learned to enjoy life no matter what. I've gone through so much pain. I've gone through so much challenging period. But I've chosen to, to, to find joy even in the midst of pain. I've chosen to, to be glad and rejoice no matter what. I, I've learned to 
I've learned not, not, not to depend on another person to give me joy. It must flow from within. And that can only be possible with God, you know, with Jesus. He has been my anchor. He has been my strength. The source of my joy, you know. So I've learned to be the best, the best version of Mujirade. I've learned to, to, to always look up and never look down. No matter what. As I am, nobody can talk me down. Even if it is one I have my present, I'm not determined as in me, I'm not determined by what I have now or what I don't have. I know who I am. You know, having that identity, I've met I've met with people that have identity problems. That's an issue. You know, we must know ourselves. And I keep telling myself, you must know yourself. Who are you? Those are the questions I wrote down. I read them like, who are you? And I take time to respond. And I'm working on them. Who are you? What are your challenges? What are your strengths? I focus on my strength. Because before years passed that I used to focus on my weaknesses. You know, I there's a way it brings you down, there's a way it pulls you, it makes you feel low. But now even if it is one strength that I have, ah <laughs> I celebrate it. You know, and I keep working on my weaknesses my challenges, keep working on them, keep getting myself better, bringing the best out of myself and uh, not to allow my challenges to weigh me down, not to allow my feelings, my challenges or what I'm going through right now to bring me low. No, I must, I, I must rise above any form of challenge, you know, and the joy must not be deprived. I'm, I, I learned to, to enjoy every moment, no matter what. You know, because what you don't have, you can't do. And you can't fake what you are not. So as much as possible, cultivating those good habits, and learning those ones that are not good, and appreciating myself more. So I celebrate myself. Uh, I celebrate myself I'm a Baron fan, you know, <laughs> because if you don't celebrate yourself, nobody will celebrate you. You don't value yourself, no one will value you. If you don't have plans for yourself, people will put you in their own plans. So I'm learning all that. that okay. And marriage is not everything. When the marriage comes, when you are married, there's still some other things to be achieved. There's still some other things you know, to get done. So I'm not preparing myself for that. So day by day, I, I, I see it, I sit at home, I try to make plans, okay, how do you handle this situation? And having blessed, I have people around me, so sometimes I want to, when they do something I don't have, I'll tell them, ask myself, okay, this is your husband that just did that, how would you react? I try to prepare myself to, to, <laughs> to just get myself ready for marriage and other great things that I'm seeking to accomplish in life. Thank you. Queen, Thank you so much. That was powerful. So on that note, I'll just summarize this by saying, whether you're single or not, whether you have kids or not, cultivate your interest. It's very important for you to cultivate your interest. Find out what makes you tick. 
take a sober look at your reality, whatever whatever stage you're in. Now, let's just say being single because this is the you know topic of, of discussion for today. Take action. Be that thing you want to see in yourself. Find joy in your situation. Take some time to enjoy. Know when to ask for help. Just because you're single, you know, or you don't have kids, doesn't mean you shouldn't ask for help when you need it. Be very open about your um what you want. There was a time I went into like a zone. Oh, I don't even want kids, whatever, you know. And I realized that it wasn't really because I didn't want kids, but because I was just trying to protect my heart from being hurt. It's okay to want what you want. There's a reason why you have those desires. And know when to say yes to the right person. You know, and this is to my single friends, or my single listeners. Why you should be happy with yourself. It's important to love, you know, who you are. And because I feel like, in addition to that, no one is an island. We we are not meant to live life alone. If your desire is to get married, you know, don't pass up an opportunity to be involved with somebody just because you feel like you haven't gotten to where you need to be. So, but don't be afraid to say no to the wrong relationship. It's equally as important to knowing when to say yes. And then I want to say thank you so much, Yurade. It was really nice having you on the show. I really enjoyed sharing your story. And I want to wish you the best. And, you know, um, I pray God will honor that desire you have in you to be found by somebody. And thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, guys, this was the show. Don't forget to check out the first part of this conversation with um, Akin. This is the second part, and there's two more on this series about um, singlehood. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and um, I remain your host, Mo. Catch you guys on another time of the Marcible Podcast. All right, Jared, I'll let you know when. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Morcible Podcast. Well, guess what? There's plenty more where that came from. So visit our website at www.mosibyl.com. That is www.mosibyl.com, where you can find hours of other binge-worthy episodes just like this one. And while you're at it, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Podbean as it encourages other awesome people like you to listen to the podcast as well. We are now officially on Podbean. It has an app. You can catch up on missed episodes and also get a notification when we have new episodes. Do you have a question for our guest, feedback on the episode, or a suggestion for a future guest? Then please get in touch with us by sending us an email at talktomo at mostable.com or connect with us via Instagram at the Moral Civil Podcast. Cannot wait to hear from you, and thank you so much for always listening. Mm-hmm.